What's up, everybody? Welcome to the new year of 2022. No, no. Wait, it's not 2000. You, you can't just skip years like that. It's just 2020. Okay, well, if you're like me, <laughs> I want to fast forward a couple years because I'm having a feeling no. a couple years, light the fight, we'll have a lot more light. <laughs> now, uh, welcome back to the podcast, you guys. Don't, don't wish away those sweet years with those young Oh, that's kids. right. I got little kids. Yeah. Never mind. I don't want to fast forward through those. You really enjoy it. I don't want to fast through, forward through that with my daughter, maybe my son a little bit. <laughs> No, welcome back to Light the Fight. Um, I feel like I've been gone for a little while because I was out of town and Heidi thankfully held down the fort. I just really just took over. Well, I appreciate that because sometimes <laughs> you just need to grab the mic and do your thing. You yeah, know? no, it's good. But uh, seriously, guys, I'm so pumped to start off the new year. I prepared myself to give you guys a good new year podcast by wearing my special Corey Vans. Okay. And I wore my flannel that we wore in our first photo shoot for the Light the Fight. I'm trying to be nostalgic Mom, and trying you to You didn't give me harness. the nostalgia. I, I, wanted wore my, to... I wore my sweatshirt that just says optimist on the back because I'm just really hoping. Well, Heidi, I, I wanted to <laughs> shine my star above yours. Okay? All right. You have well, 170,000 followers. I got like five. <laughs> I want my moment in time where I can be, especially on the YouTube right now. Now, Maybe but you're... glad to be back. Miss you guys, even though we don't see you directly, we feel you, feel your pain, your happiness, hoping that you laugh at us or with us. Either one's a win, as long as you're laughing and also crying with us as well, because obviously we talk about some deep stuff here at the podcast. Um, But before we get started, I just want to give you a helpful reminder that at the new year, if you want to start it off right, there's a couple of things you can do to help out your teenager and your family. The first thing is go to teencounseling.com and use backslash LTF for Light the Fight and get 10% off on your very first month of counseling for your family and your teenager. We've talked about in the podcast for a long time. They've been official sponsor for ours for months now, and we will continue to talk about them because they got a great product. They got a great service. As far as we're aware, we have not had any negative um, feedback from our listeners about the service. And trust me, our listeners, we trust you would give us the feedback if there was bad experiences. And we would love to hear it. We'd love to hear it. In both, fact, they would love to hear it. Any kind of experience. We, yeah. um, we've we passed on the information that we've gotten, and it's it's a great resource. Well, in teen counseling, I mean, if, if you're working with teens, you better be flexible to take feedback. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and get it whether you want it. Yeah, and be able to change a little bit. So they're doing a great job over there at teencounseling.com. But if you need some help with your teenager and you've had difficulty finding a good counselor to fit you, worry no more. Go to teencounseling.com backslash LTF. Another way that if you possibly wanted to be able to help your teenager, you might be able to start something called a parenting partnership agreement. And if you want to be able to start that, you go to parentingpartnership.com. It's parentingpartnership.com, right? PT partnership. I don't even know my own website. You, you can know, tell I didn't build that website. Are, you, pro- you probably should like have a little card. I know, a little flash card. I can remember <laughs> the teen counseling stuff, but I can't remember my own website. Brands look at me going, because you didn't do anything to build it. You just said yes or no on yeah, every decision. So PTP partnership.com. If you haven't heard about it, 
you get my philosophies, you get my insights, you get a couple tools, but most importantly, you get this great agreement. That's what my TED Talk was about. Teaches you how to break it down. You don't have to come in to a counselor to get this. You can get it on your own. And so go to PT partnership.com if you'd like to learn more about my process and the agreements that I've been helping families with throughout the years. And also big shout out to our uh, community sponsor, 1-800-CONTACTS. Heidi, I heard they denied your application again. I sincerely apologize. No, here's what happened. Yesterday I went and got, I like went to 1-800-CONTACTS. Just eat lunch? Well, (laughs) I mean, I did that after. But first I just like I got, I had an eye exam. And I, you know how we were talking about my vision problems? I don't really want to go into it, but I'm trying this. Well, let's talk about your bladder problems instead then. Well, we could talk about all my problems, right? (laughs) But I'm trying this new monovision. So in case, like, I look dazed. If you see me and I look dazed, it's because my left eye has a contact that helps me see close. Really? And my right eye has no contact, which sees far. And so they're telling me that in about a week, my brain's going to figure it out. So far- since so yesterday. that's why when you walked in the doorway, you walked in the door frame. <laughs> yeah, it's really confusing right now. But I have to tell you, I had a great experience. Um, there is a on-site eye doctor there, and I even ordered some cute new glasses. So next right. week, maybe you'll see me in those cute All glasses. right. Well, I'm sure you well, – I hope you post about I'm them. I'm pretty hyped. I took Connor with me, and um, we did get some ice cream. I don't know if everybody gets ice cream when they go there, but um, <laughs> Connor got ice they, cream. They um, sponsor your podcast, then you can go in and get ice cream. It's All right, exciting. sweet. That's he wants to, now he wants a job there. We've got the hookup, man. <laughs> we have free ice cream. So thanks again to one of Hair Contacts. I'm glad they're hooking you up with uh, getting that vision fixed because yeah, it's been an issue. It's kind of important. We could do like a whole podcast about my vision issue. Okay. <laughs> um, that'll be light the light, different uh, different podcast. But anyway, so Heidi, why don't you introduce us to the topic? You know, l- let everybody know what what we're going to be rambling about for the next few minutes. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, as always, I like to really come in here and expose my shame and my frailties. Are you ever going to run out of shame and frailties? I, you know, I so far was, you've been pumping them out. <laughs> I thought I was doing good. Um, and I just kind of had an interesting Oh, wait, experience. you know, I got to interrupt you. Before you start that, oh, that's right. we I almost forgot to- resolutions. Okay, let's me embarrass myself for a second. So that's if, a good idea. If you listen to the last podcast that I was on uh, a few weeks back, um, I shared an idea- and something that it's it's kind of a fun thing to do. Well, it can be fun. You <laughs> also be hard on the ego. A lot of people do the New Year's resolutions, but not many people go to their closest family, friends, and confidants and ask them to give them what they think they should do for goals for the new year, right? So I told you guys, hey, listen, go to your, you know, come the idea came from Shaq, the basketball player. He's got a whole bunch of people in his life. It's a panel of people and he doesn't make any big decisions without them. And he goes to them and says, what do you think I should work on? So I wanted to do that with clients, did that. And so I suggested that you guys ask your spouse, your partner, your your best friend, your kids even for some things that they think would be helpful for you and the whole family and the world <laughs> if you were to improve upon or get better at. And so I took the tests, put my own skin in the game with all the things that I have families do. I go home and try it first. And if I'm still alive afterwards, I suggest it to other families. <laughs> um, I asked my wife and my daughter, because my five-year-old son, he didn't really get the question and didn't give me the answer that I was asking for. didn't quite get it. So uh, let's start with my daughter first, because that's less painful. Um, <laughs> My daughter said, <laughs> and she's not influenced by her mom at all. She said, dad, um, her first thing was, she goes, what are some of your goals? By the way, my daughter 
uh, gave me her goals for the new year without me even asking her. I was like, wow, that's cool, yeah, right? That's pretty cool. Great goals too. She said, dad, she goes, easy. I want you to play with me and Tavi more this new year. I was like, done. Consider it done. And she started to give me some examples. And remember that one time, this, that? I'm like, you know what? I do. And thank you for telling me. Because she always asked me to play with her. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. But the way she said it by by her asking me, she kind of cringed a little bit. She like she knew that it could hurt my feelings. Cause she had this insight like by telling my dad this, it might make him feel like he's a bad dad not playing with me. I didn't take that way at all. I just felt that she wants more of me. And I'm like, yeah, how can I complain about that? How many years am I going to have where she's asking for that? So that was the first one. The second one, influenced by my wife for sure. My wife didn't put her up to it. She answered on the fly. I didn't know this was coming. She said, I want you to eat healthier. I said, what? I, go, I thought I was eating healthier this year. You and eat so healthy. I, well, and that's the thing. is like She's influenced by my wife. I eat really healthy. My wife eats more so healthy. <laughs> so she goes, well, no, no, dad, I know you've been eating healthier. She goes, actually, you've done great. But I notice at night you like to eat gummy candies. Guilty as charged. He's so a, he's a gummy bear. She got me, I'm a gummy bear. Anything gummy for that matter. So, uh, so that's what my daughter said. And then for my wife, um, I asked her and she said for this new year. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I'm saying this. All right. So she said, for this New Year's, I want you to have zero overdraft fees on your account. So you guys, this is a serious problem for me. For many, many years now, um, it, well, interesting enough is I used to have overdraft fees because I had no money. Now I'm an idiot because I have the money. I just don't put it in the account. Like I'm that kid that every now and then there's a kid that the actually homework. did do the homework, homework and, doesn't turn it and in. actually didn't turn it. Most of the time they just didn't do all of it. So they didn't turn it. But every now and then it's like, oh, I forgot to turn it in. Well, here's my issue. I have a couple different ways that I make money coming through, but it all comes through one main account. And then I have to pay myself the other account. So I have like base pays, but then I have to pay myself like, you know, like a salary, right? Mm-hmm. I forget to pay myself a cal- salary. But the companies that I have automatic debits from, they don't forget to debit from my Isn't account. That interesting. Like they never forget to take money Clockwork. from me. I just forget to put money in there. Last year, embarrassed to say, over $500 in overdraft fees. And you know why it was over $500? My wife said, you have to mention this on, on the podcast. September, we went on a trip. Have you ever had a, a Delta flight? And you have to purchase the headphones because who brings the headphones with the little plug, like the old school headphones, right? So they make you buy these for $2. I bought one for me, my wife, my kids. That's four of them, right? I didn't put money. I didn't pay myself over our vacation. And this is my business account where all the money's coming in and out of. It cost me $100 for what should have cost eight bucks because I got a $25 overdraft fee for every $2 headphone. And because Delta built them separately, they didn't build it all in one transaction. For some reason, build it separately. It cost me $100. So that's one example of she's looking at me, shaking her head, and I got I got nothing. Like, I can't say anything because it's been happening. She's all, last time she had an overdraft fee, 10 years. Okay? That tells you anything about us. So That's some solid good communication, though, I think. No, that's, it wasn't. That's and, good. And she's like, and here, here's how it worked really well. She said, I'm really not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to be mean, but this, you asked me, and I go, honestly, babe, yeah, you're right. And, uh, and the next thing was something small. She said, you just need to have consistent places to put things. Put your keys <laughs> the same place everywhere. Put your AirPods <laughs> the same place everywhere. Put your phone the same place everywhere. 
I'm like, but that takes out the excitement of being stressed and running around and being late and trying to find stuff. So those are the two things from my wife, those two things from, uh, you know, from my daughter. So I put some skin in the game, you guys. I did what I asked you guys to do. And if you haven't done it yet, it's never too late. Sit down at the dinner table, say, give it to me, guys. Request the information and uh, see how it goes. Well, I'm embarrassed to admit that I think that my family was too afraid to actually tell me. So still some work needed. Mm. I think they're like, Mom, nothing. Nothing comes to mind. Too afraid. To <laughs> well, it might, it might be hard if they say, I'm you like, guys need to tell me what's wrong with me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have no, no idea how you ask it. They but. know that I'm in an emotionally fragile pre-show so tell them to put in an envelope and mail it to you, post date it for February 1st. <laughs> that thing's cool down a little bit. Talk yeah. to me until February 1st. Yeah. yeah. All right. So now let's get back to the actual episode. So, or the con, <laughs> or just the conversation. Okay. So um, I think this is a super important topic. And I think that there's a lot of words that we don't know what they mean. And, um, okay, so for me, I tend to worry, um, Excuse me. I, t I tend to worry about myself, but I worry about everybody else more than I actually worry about myself. Um, I thought it, you know, I think it's just mom disease. We kind of get used to putting everybody first. I mean, moms, how many of you like serve yourselves first and then and then passive it you don't you, you know that's like true moms that's true just yeah we just kind of make sure everybody else is okay and then we maybe deliver and and you know we talk a lot about self-care we've talked a lot about self-care and, and we know it's important this is actually um more than self-care so i was kind of in a position recently where um there's several people that I love in my life that have some struggles that are really serious. And I found myself just really weighed down, worried. And to be quite, quite honest, completely aware that I have no control over the situations, but letting the stress and anxiety really affect me. And, um, so I mean, long story short, whatever, I really took this problem to the Lord in prayer, <laughs> believe it or not. And um, he doesn't usually respond that quick. Continue. <laughs> right? <And laughs> this so, is, he got right back to I mean, I was really praying for people, which I always pray for people. You know, we do that. We yeah. pray for people. And I'm I'm a prayer. Um, And this in particular, like. Like I was really praying and I was also like saying to Heavenly Father, like I was listing all the prayers that maybe he hadn't answered <laughs> or, you know, situations he hadn't resolved. They're like, in the queue still. You remember there. that <laughs> time? No. Um, so as, as this is going on, I, I have this really concerns happening. Um, pull up Instagram and I actually follow – I follow somebody called, and, and I'm just going to pull it up really quick. Yeah. Um, it's called The Holistic Psychologist. Uh, you know, I follow all kinds of... You never know what's going to come up in the feeds. Yeah, actually, I haven't seen her stuff in a while. 
Um, it's called the period holistic with an H period psychologist. And um, her little message said this codependency looks like number one, feeling responsible for the well-being, emotions, or actions of others. Number two, feeling loved or needed through finding and fixing the problems of others. Number three, saying yes when you want to say no. Number four, consistently feeling like you're being taken for granted or resentful for giving more than you receive. And number five, obsessively and unconsciously attempting to control the behavior of others. Um, so you've got one of those four? Or? No, I was like, I was like five for five. I was solid five for five. And um, I don't know that like, I know that I worry about other people. And I know that I am an over-responsibility taker. And I know that I love to help people. And I, I am a naturally compassionate person. I didn't know that was codependency. <laughs> I didn't know that's what that was called. Um, and then the psychologist went on to talk about healing from codependency. And I was like, wait, what? You have to heal from it now? Like, what? Isn't this, <laughs> this, it, aren't these things just my job? Yeah. Um, isn't it just Christ-like to say yes when you want to say no? Right? Isn't it just what you're supposed to do? Finding and fixing other people's problems? Isn't that just your expectation? Yeah, you just thought parents? this was the job description. <laughs> you know that there was another way. Um, okay, so I come in here and I'm telling David, I just had this really interesting experience. And David's like, wait, you didn't know you were good <laughs> I'm like, I thought we went over that like our third session like five years ago. <laughs> so we kind of had a good laugh there. Um. But I have to tell you that after reading that. Yeah. It hit home for sure. It definitely hit home. And at the right timing too. It was a good timing. For sure. Like I was ready to kind of read that. But you know, I've heard what, you know, don't be codependent. Oh, they're so codependent. Oh, well, the problem is he's codependent. Whatever. It's a throw. People throw that out there pretty I had no idea what it actually meant. And I've... I've actually known that codependency was not good. Yeah. Like I, I knew that much. I just didn't really know what it was. And until I was in this place where I felt really weighed down by situations I couldn't control and it was affecting my emotional health, I just, it, it, it really struck me. And so I felt like I wanted to bring this, I wanted to just, have a little bit more of a conversation because I have to think that there are other mothers out there that that feel like it is their job to say yes when they want to say no, to overcommit, to feel like the only way they have value is if they're fixing people's problems or, you know, um, taking responsibility when it actually isn't your fault. Yeah. And... Well, I think... <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a difference too between it being your, a role that you play at times for certain scenarios and situation versus it being your identity. 
And, okay. And, and, and I, th- I think what, what you're saying there too, because that's why I was like, wait, you didn't know that? It, it just became your norm. Like it became your identity. This is what I got to do. It's the job description. Um, and when when we talk about self-care, when people talk about self-care, everybody knows that's what you're supposed to do. But when your identity and your role is to care for others and, and that's part of just being a good mom or being a good friend, whatever it may be. Which, which it is. Like, the line gets really blurred. Like how much is doing that being healthy versus where does it turn into the codependency? Because what she said right there, um, I actually came up with um, a different – I don't want to say definition of it because it's the same definition, a different way to describe it. So what happens was when I was working with a lot of people in addiction and stuff, people would hear codependency so much. When I'd use that in their family relationships, it didn't resonate with them. Like, wait, what? Like, I'm not, I'm codependent on alcohol, not my wife or, you know, or other things. So I started to, to use it in the more in the sense of, because it's basically the same thing, being emotionally dependent versus being emotionally independent. And we can talk about that a little bit in, as the podcast goes on, but I just wanted to chime in there. Is that I, I think that's a hard thing to navigate. Is this a role that I that I'm, I'm required to play in certain relationships at certain times, or is this just who I am and I never turn it off? Because that's where it really lends itself to a codependency, where it's not something that you can manage or control. It's something that has to be done, even at the expense of your own mental and emotional well being. Right, which which is kind of where I was at at, at yeah. this juncture. Um, here's what I thought was interesting. What you said after I brought that up and we kind of had this chuckle, yeah. like I thought you knew and I'm like, um, I need to do a better job. <laughs> this isn't new information, Heidi. Um, here's what you said that kind of like, it was like, oh, I had the light bulb moment. You said the tools and the concepts that we teach here, that you teach here, obviously. That we I share, to, yeah. That I try yeah. to research try to learn it takes me 12 times but fine the things that we share here on the podcast are the purpose of those things is to create space in between myself and the people that I care about so that I take care of myself and I give others the opportunity to take care of themselves and my emotions are not dependent on what others do but my emotions like that I'm in control of my own emotions and like all of a sudden I had this like aha moment where I'm like (laughs) that's what I'm supposed to be that's what the well, goal. You'd said too. You're like, you're like, oh, okay. So a lot of these things, like, I knew I had to play this role. I knew I had to do these things, but I forgot that every one of those things, like we've talked about plenty of times here, is that they actually were supposed to have an expiration date. I wasn't supposed to do them forever in that at that same like helping your kids. You may have to help your kids in a really difficult situation, but once a difficult situation is over, if you have that same like fear and anxiety and worry that you have to help them to that degree every single time, well then they never get to learn how to fish. Right? And and we know as parents we're trying to bring our kids up through the program. We're trying to get them so then someday we can retire, not just retire as a human being from, you know, jobs stuff like that, retire from the roles that we only were supposed to play those roles for a time for someone else to take it over. So it's interesting. I mean, here it says feeling responsible for the well-being and emotions and actions 
for others. There's, there's, as I've been thinking about this, and I might have been like obsessively. I was going to say, it probably, it probably would have been more powerful if you said excessively feeling, because that right there in and of itself is not bad. But, but, but being, if you combine it with all the other ones. But if you say like feeling concerned and feeling compassion and feeling supportive or, yeah. you know, I think it's okay to, obviously, like you said, it's okay to f- be concerned about people that you love. Having anxiety is but natural like and normal. like it's your fault yeah. or your responsibility to fix things, that's where um, we have to sort of, you know. Well, like when most uh, um, problems or challenges that someone has, it's not one thing. It's accumulation of a lot right, of things put right. together. Because like that's why I said that one thing, if you look at these things individually, it could be argued, well, that's not a bad thing by itself if it's done within reason every now and then, but it's the rate of it. Like when I when I try to explain depression, anxiety, like in a professional setting to people, it's very similar. People oftentimes will mistake their anxiety for being an anxiety disorder. Anxiety, natural, normal. Being depressed and sad, naturally normal. But how long are these symptoms happening? How often? How excessive? You know, that's the difference between someone being very, you know, emotionally determined and playing a strong role versus someone taxing themselves beyond their capabilities and really burning the candle at both ends. And that's the part that that's the category that you saw. That's the reason why you connected with that. It's like, okay, those are some of your greatest assets. Those are some of your greatest, you know, characteristics. But to what end? You know, like, where's the expiration date? Like, how long are you going to fulfill that role? Do people have the space between you and them for them to be able to take over those roles as you trans transition into other roles in your life? Because right now, raising adult kids, this is not the same Heidi four or five years ago that I was talking to. You didn't have adult kids then. You'd have kids that were moving out and you know all these exciting adult things happening. So those roles have to change for you. And so I'm, I'm glad that you know, you're connecting with this at this particular time. And I think a lot of our listeners too are trying to manage how do I become great at being a parent how do i become great doing these things without sacrificing my own well-being right and i mean it all just kind of cues up when things are going wrong oh yeah for sure you know like when everything's fine when everybody's kind of coping and doing their own thing like no triggering of hyper codependency right you know but when things start going wrong um you know that's when you start wondering like how can i what can i do and what's my responsibility? So so talk about what these points are to transition from an emotional dependency to emotional independence. Well, like many things, it really is a self-assessment. Only you will be able to know if you're bordering. A lot of times the signs oh, and an symptoms. awareness, like an awareness tool. Yeah. A, a lot of times you just got to look at the signs and symptoms. What what are the signs around you that are that are pointing towards you're 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 running your car your vehicle in the red you're doing too much, oftentimes we it can be feedback from family members and loved ones they start noticing you're agitated irritated, um, and I'm saying you specifically just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes there's but, symptoms. But I, I connect with that. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes there's symptoms. You know, writing on the wall that's saying you know for example someone really starts struggling with the sleep. Their eating habits change. Now, these can also be other issues too. But when we start boarding on the line of now we're exhausting our resources by trying to be great at whatever we're trying to do, care for people, you know, sometimes it's not just your own immediate family. 
Sometimes it can be your extended family, your family of origin you grew up with, especially now that a lot of your, your parents are in the later stages of their life, right? So there's a lot of responsibilities that we feel, well, if we don't do it, who's going to do it? So we can justify, we got to jump in and we got to correct it. And I know your personality is like, let me jump in, start fixing things and I'll read the directions later. <laughs> it's like, I'll figure out all the steps later, but I just need to be involved right away because you have confidence that you can figure out things quickly. And I think that's the case for most parents. They don't have time to sit there and process how they feel about something that's happening really fast. Mm-hmm. So the, another thing besides looking for the um, the signs and symptoms to show you um, like, you know, your mental and emotional well-being and people giving you feedback if 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 they see that you're struggling, you're trying to agree to too many things, you joke around about being an overcommitter, but it's really not a joke. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that you've tried to work on, but I also see why you want to commit to everything because your heart wants to commit to everything. The clock can't commit to everything. Like you can't like make it be 28 hours in a day. You know, your right. energy is going to burn out at a certain to, point. Have sleep. You have to sleep at a certain <laughs> point. So an, another thing is not just identifying where we are becoming codependent or as I like to say emotionally dependent, but we actually have to seek out the opposite. We have to seek out the other side of the coin. So I mentioned early emotional independence. Now, emotional independence, I, some people mistake this for meaning like, you just take care of your own emotions. That's not what emotional independent, and, being emotionally independent and it's means. it's not being selfish, right? Like, yeah. Because so, that's where you're like, mm. so, so get pull, pull up her definition and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just look at her definition and use the emotional independent version of this, right? So I haven't even looked at this. So feeling responsible for the well-being, emotions, or actions of others. An emotionally independent person would feel that they can help with the well-being and emotions and actions of others but they don't feel responsible. Hmm. So what you do is you ask yourself, and, and, and people do this. So you listeners out there, you've done this already before. You're gonna, someone, a family member asks you for money because they've fallen on hard times. Let's use that as an example. You feel responsible. Maybe you have empathy and compassion for them, but maybe you don't really have a lot of money at that particular time. I know my mother, my grandmother raised me. She would always give the money. Even if it was our rent money, no matter what it was, because much like you, that emotional codependency, I need help. I'm responsible for that. So the emotional independent version of that would simply say, I can help in these scenarios and situations, but I'm not responsible for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the you. second one, feeling loved or needed through finding, fixing the problems of others. If you put that in what would be, not the opposite, but what would be the, the counter to that, meaning like if this is emotionally dependent, what would be emotionally independent? Instead of feeling loved or needed through finding, fixing the problems of others, it would be loving yourself so that you could be available to help people with their problems. Not fixing them, be a support person. Third one, saying what, yes when you want to actually say no. Saying, I wish I could. If the situation scenarios were different, I totally would, but I can't this time. Most independent people acknowledge that their desire and their hopes and dreams are to give as much assistance as they can, but they also recognize there is a cost if you say yes to everything and to everyone. Next one, consistently feeling like you're being taken for granted, resentful for giving more than you receive. That comes off that first one. When people overcommit, when people go way out of their way to um, to get their identity from helping other people, they find themselves getting trapped in this, well, now I'm expected to do it. 
Mm-hmm. Like now they have to show up because that's who they're known for, right? But instead of consistently feeling like you're being taken for granted, if you're able to be emotionally independent, you're going to say no more, well, not more than you say yes, but you're going to say no at the times you can't do it. If you say yes and you overextend yourself, now you watch your kids suffer because you promised a friend you'd do something with them that you didn't have time to do or whatever it may be. When that happens, you're naturally going to be resentful. You know why we get resentful? Because we feel like someone took something from us. They took advantage of us. We're not being taken advantage of. We're actually submitting to people's requests. Submission is totally different than agreeing to do something. Mm-hmm. Next one, obsessively, unconsciously, she adds, which I agree with that, obsessively, unconsciously, attempting to control the behavior of others. When people are emotionally dependent, they're trying to control the behaviors of others because they know if they could stop the person from crashing and burning, they're not going to feel the pain. They're not going to feel the pain, but they won't have to be part of the cleanup crew. Right. And how many times I always use this example? Really I use this, this example so many times with younger kids. Parents, one of those things, if I had a dollar or a, a dime for every time this happened, parents are sitting here going, I help my kids with all these things. Right? I'm doing all these things for, for, for my kids. And then now I'm trying to get them to do things to help them that they didn't ask me for. But then the kids get angry for them because the parents are trying to help them with extra things. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that, that unconsciously attempting to control the behavior of others, that partly comes from if we could control their behavior, we can plan for less drama and less issues in the future. So it's almost like a self-protective. Exactly. See, emotional dependency, it's all self-protection. It's not self-care, it's self-protection. And if you haven't listened to some of our earlier episodes, I mentioned this a lot. Protection and progression are not the same thing. You can't work on self-protection and self-progression simultaneously. Meaning, best way to understand it, you can't play offense and defense at the same time. You can't protect yourself from being hurt from people while at the same time trying to help people. And emotional independency, it kind of, it skews the lines. It it gets us confused. It it leads us to believe sometimes that by helping people, even when we don't have the resources, the capability, the time, or the energy, that somehow by helping them, they're going to return the favor and help us. The problem is, is not everybody has this issue. Then we get let down. The resentment grows. So that's just I, just an example. And then, you know, maybe on a different podcast, I could list, like I have list things that I spoke about. Here's what emotionally dependent people do. Here's what emotionally independent people do. But in in reference to that inspir- inspiration of that Instagram, you said, I just want to give what would be the, the emotionally independent version yeah. of doing that. And I, I always like it when you kind of give me the opposite of looking at it because the opposite is never... My instinct, <laughs> right? I'm like, like and, statements starting with statements to the questions. <laughs> like, like that's not the instinct. Like every single episode we've ever yeah. talked about. Um, <clears throat> and so I think, I think I find myself sort of struggling with, like, oh well, it would be selfish for me not to feel responsible. Yeah. For for this, and so it it kind of goes into like a lot of times when we talk about well, on this side of the spectrum, we have codependency and on this side of the spectrum we have selfishness yeah and so (laughs) in the middle is is what the middle is knowing what these things are um i really appreciate the things that that you said about you know the opposite about being willing to help and willing to support but not willing to 
It's not your responsibility. Take it on. Yeah. As your now, personal problem. here's where it gets tough when it's your kids and that's technically your job. Mm-hmm. And then as they get older, how do you keep on evolving that so you're not still doing the things that you think they needed at five years old when they're 10? Well, and in this particular situation, I wasn't really dealing with kids, my kids' issues, but I can see where I have in the past. Well, that's an easier one for people to val- to justify. Well, I had to do this because they're uh-huh. my kids. It's this, uh-huh. you know. If how would they know how to do these things without me? Well, that's the challenge. the The problem is they can't do certain things on their own, whether it be friends, family members, whatever it may be. the The goal is that they can figure these things out. When I when I talk about emotional dependency, emotional dependency versus emotional independency, one one of the things that like I I have like this sign, whatever it shows, an emotional dependent category it says i am a lifeguard on the emotional independent side it says swim at your own risk no lifeguard on duty but there's a sign there's a sign that says swim at your own risk so if you go to the beach and you see that sign says swim at your own risk no lifeguard on duty what is that really saying no one is going to come save you if you get in trouble if you choose to swim in those waters that's fine. We can't stop you, but you can't expect to be saved. And unfortunately, as parents, as people, as friends, and sometimes people only do this with certain relationships. Some people are very emotionally independent with certain relationships and extraordinarily emotionally dependent on other relationships, right? Mm -hmm. So on, on that whole entire, you're the lifeguard versus no lifeguard on duty, you know, swim at your own risk. The second one, the emotionally independent one is not like, well, I don't care about other people and I'm just going to be totally selfish. It's because selfish is actually self-preserving. Most people mistake selfish for the real definition, which is self-centered. Mm. Self-centered is really caring about oneself above and beyond other people. Once you're taken care of, then you take care of other people. It's difficult for me to get parents, specifically moms, to be emotionally independent because their role has been telling them it's my job to be the lifeguard. And I'm telling them, well, then how are they going to learn how to swim? And this is only a self-assessment. Only you listeners can ask yourself, am I being emotionally independent in this situation or am I being emotionally or codependent or emotionally dependent in this situation? Really we want to be swimming teachers. Exactly. We want to teach them how to swim. We want to be sitting there saying, wow, you won that swim meet versus saying, let me jump in and, and pull you to safety again. Mm-hmm. That's the disappointment. It's almost a, it's almost a catch-22. We become the lifeguards so much that we get angry and frustrated because we wonder if it's ever going to end. We know we were only supposed to play this role for a short period of time, but then we get caught in the role so much, it becomes our identity. It becomes what other people expect of us. Mm-hmm. Going on to alcohol and drug addictions, that is basically the, depend- the, the codependency. Let's say the husband's an alcoholic. He's dependent upon alcohol. The wife's dependent upon him not drinking. So she's codependent upon him keeping his life together and he's dependent upon alcohol. That's a bad combination because <laughs> alcohol is not, the only thing you depend upon alcohol is it's going to get you drunk. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's no, and by the way, I'm just saying that for people who have the issue, right? As an example. So emotional independent versus emotional dependent. You have to ask yourself, well, you don't have to, but I suggest people just ask yourself, gosh, am I really needing to do this right now? Or am I being emotionally dependent? Only you will know in that relationship at that moment, that time. And guess what? You're going to guess wrong sometimes. You're going to say yes and later on say, should have said no. But to know that you made a mistake and you can correct that and do something different next time, that's how this ball continues to get moving. That's why I'm glad when you said, you know, I was joking around partly when I said, you didn't know this already, but I'm glad that you had that moment because what I heard from you is that I'm ready for this. 
This well, is a good and, time for you. And the truth is, I think what I'm finding and, and probably what our listeners know is that what felt codependent four years ago feels real different now. And the stakes are different and yeah. my fears are different. Yeah. And, you know, all of these other things are are different. And so we almost have to learn things at each one of these levels. Well, yeah. When you had one kid, different. you're like, this is so much. At three kids, like one kid was easy. Right. <laughs> what was I crying about? Yeah. And so I think that um, as we evolve and as we as our challenges change, we sort of have to evaluate where we are. Because obviously when we go into a new situation, we're going to feel like all of our sensors are going to be up and all of our walls are going to go up and, and we're on that high alert until we kind of like get things worked out. And so, um, you know, I just, I, I don't know. The reality is I, I knew these things about me, but um, but it was good for me to read that when I was really like my emotional wellness um, was being affected. Well, um, I'm glad you had this thought to bring today. Um, I'm thinking, you know, Brandon, we should maybe uh, we should post because um, we could easily post one versus the other. Like, here's what emotional dependence, emotional dependency looks like. And here's what emotional independency look like. Because you brought up a good point. Just stating what you're doing wrong is not a solution. Like identifying where our blind spots are. Okay, that's half the battle. Knowing half the battle. But then how do we know how to compare the two? I don't like, I don't think people can become codependent. They can become emotionally dependent, whichever variation of you want to use that. But when it comes down to it, these are choices that are made every situation and scenario. This is not who you are as a person. Like when you are a codependent person, they say, yeah, I'm a codependent person. Technically it's not true. You weren't born that way. Things had to evolve to become, it suited your needs. It got you through difficult times to be a yes person or it got you difficult times to care for other people because that was your identity. Only you can, can ask yourself, hey, listen, at this moment, am I acting more emotionally dependent or more emotionally independent on this person, this relationship at this particular time? That's where you get to, to figure this out for yourself. I can't sit here, Heidi, you can't, I can't tell you, oh, well, in that situation, well, you are and you're not. Yeah. <laughs> listeners. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, but really, it's actually best, just like our teens, just like our kids, it's best if they're doing a self-assessment. It's best if we're asking ourselves, am I a lifeguard that works 24 hours or am I a lifeguard that just has a shift? Mm -hmm. And okay. I know how to, how to get okay. off my shift and go back to my other roles. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. And, um, and I think that it's a good thing for us to have these opportunities to be self, self-evaluated or, you know, whatever. So, hey, 2020 knew us. <laughs> knew you i'm the same i'm wearing the same flannel yeah, look at you. like i still look wear plaid every <laughs> six days a week you know still um, got vans on nothing's changed for right, me i right. still have a cold that i can't this one was surf induced it's don't feel sorry for me it's my own, own don't fault worry, we don't we, yeah. i don't feel this science fiction is my own dang fault because <laughs> when you have that much surfing that much sunshine and that much good mexican food something's bound to go wrong oh, okay hey uh, and then we just don't feel bad well you guys, as always, thank you for listening. Um, thank you for telling your friends about us. Thank you for sharing about us. Um, and, you know, what we say, as always, thank you for helping us to light the fire.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.